It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Lowry doesn't practice. The Celtics lose Javante Green, and Jalen Brown is pissed off, rightfully so. We're going to talk about it on this Wednesday, Locked On Celtics. Millie's. Let's go. Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. It's the best way. Melly. Hey there, John Corrales here from MassLive.com. I am their Boston Celtics beat reporter. Thank you for joining the show. It's a Monday through Friday podcast, or if you're a new listener, you've, you might have missed the Monday and Tuesday shows. So go ahead and subscribe to go ahead and get those and every other Monday through Friday podcast that I'll put out here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Uh, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. They exist everywhere, and you can follow on Spotify, whatever it is. Regular listeners, thank you very much. Really appreciate all of the effort, the good ratings and reviews. Very helpful. Thank you. Today, uh, starting with some news, a couple of news bits there, Kyle Lowry's ankle, Javante Green. Uh, The second segment, I'm going to let you hear all of Jalen Brown's news conference today after practice. It's all social justice related. I hope you listen because he, he makes... Some very strong points ask some very tough questions. Then in the final segment, what that might mean. Even if you're a person who sits here and says, oh, God, this again? Trust me, no one wants it to be this again. No one wants to have to do this again, especially the young black men who are watching this happen to people in their communities. It's No one wants to be talking about this. But here we are. And it might affect basketball. It might affect the games you watch. It might affect whether there are games for you to watch. Going to talk about that in the third segment. Let's start with the news. Kyle Lowry has a sprained ankle. His MRI returned uh, nothing structural other than the sprain. He did not practice on Tuesday. His availability for Thursday's game one in the second round not clear right now. Maybe a little gamesmanship. Maybe we know a little bit. Uh, maybe they know, know a little bit more. I'm sure the Celtics are going to assume that he is going to play. If he doesn't play, we'll assume that Norm Powell will get a significant amount of minutes. Uh, he is going to get those minutes no matter what. It's just whether he starts or not. Very much like a Marcus Smart type of role when one of the Celtics are injured on the perimeter. So Lowry, if he's limited then there's another discussion to be had about if he can't be 100%, what's he going to give them out there, and how much does that even the series? Losing Lowry or limited Lowry certainly closes the gap. The Celtics losing Hayward is going to be a a big detriment because Gordon Hayward is a guy that can really uh, disrupt a lot of the things that Toronto does on the floor. And so having something on the other side go away that hurts the other team can be a significant uh, help in evening out 
the the odds. At this point, I'm going to assume the Toronto Raptors are going to be favored in this series. I would expect them to be favored. Uh, I mean, I'm listening to a bunch of people make their their calls. A lot of people are saying this is going to be a seven-game series. I would not be surprised if this was a seven-game series. I might lean towards the Raptors. I might just because of the Celtics being down a guy, but I don't know. This is this this is going to be a tough, hard-fought series. I don't think whichever team loses, I don't think I don't think that team's going to come out of this hanging their heads. It's going to be kind of like this is the shame of it all. But that's the playoffs. Good teams lose in the playoffs. That's how it is. So we'll see. Uh, Javante Green is out for two to three weeks uh, because he suffered a meniscus tear. Minor thing. This is so he'll be back. Uh, in a few weeks, he's going to miss this series. This is something that doesn't really hurt the Celtics necessarily. Javante Green was not in the rotation. However, it it could be problematic for the Celtics in that what how are the Raptors constructed? They've got dynamic wings. They're fast. Uh, they move a lot. This is the type of series where maybe Javante didn't get a lot of time against the Philadelphia 76ers because of their size and strength, but against the Toronto Raptors, he could have, with Hayward out, could have picked up some minutes here or there. Could have gone on a one of those kind of like float the test balloon out and hey, let's let's play Javante. Let's let's get him in there for a couple minutes here at the seven minute mark in the first quarter. See what he has. And at the very least, it buys us a couple of minutes. If we can get a couple of minutes for Jason Tatum on the bench, then he can come back in, play the you know the last couple minutes of the, the the first quarter, get another rest around the quarter break. Like that type of certainly could have been that type of situation. And if Javante Green was going. And playing well, maybe you steal a couple more minutes of Tatum on the bench or Kemba on the bench or Jalen on the bench or Marcus on the bench. You follow me? You, you don't know what he could have given you, but you throw him out there for a couple of minutes at a point where playing with the starters, playing with these other guys, you you just see. And if it turns into a, a good performance out of – hey, we tried to steal a couple of minutes extra for one of our guys on the bench, and it turns out Javante Green was was cooking a little bit, so we rode him. That, that's, that would have been huge, and I certainly think he would have been a candidate because his speed, his quickness, would have been a challenge and put some pressure on those perimeter uh, Raptors defenders. Again, I'm not going to overstate what his impact would have been on the series, but... In a playoff series, anytime you can get 10 minutes out of a guy and get 10 minutes of rest for uh, a couple of your other players, then who knows, that could be the difference between fresh legs and a made basket for one of your primary guys at the end of the game versus you know a, a, a jumper falling short and you lose by you know four or six and that jumper would have stopped a run or would have, you know, 
taking a lead or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like all of these little things are so interconnected. So I would never sit here and say Javante Green would have been a difference maker in this series, but he could have. He had the potential to be useful. So that's out the window. So we'll see. Somebody else can step up into that role. Maybe it'll be Romeo. Eh, Maybe it'll be Brad Wanamaker, but we don't know. Final bit of news, Giannis Antetokounmpo won the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Anthony Davis was second. Rudy Gobert was third. Marcus Smart was tied for sixth with Patrick Beverly. Everyone is freaking out about Marcus Smart being tied for sixth with Patrick Beverly. How does Marcus Smart get, what what was it, one second-place vote and a couple of third-place votes? That's... That's uh, that's tough. That's tough. And I know it's tough for a guard to win this award. It, it is. That's difficult. And frankly, Giannis was probably the defensive player of the year because he his impact was huge. And But Marcus Smart in that top three, that would have been a hell of a statement. But it's still, it's still a big man's award. To the point that one person out there, and I've mentioned this guy before, but you saw the proof of it. It's in there. There was one first-place vote for Andre Drummond, the only first-place vote, the only vote that he got. There's one second-place vote for Hassan Whiteside, the only votes that he got. Same guy put Drummond first and Whiteside second. Same guy. Uh, That's just insanity. And you look, I'm all for, I'm all for some, you know, people earning the vote, but at some point people have to make sure that they earn the right to keep voting on these awards. And normally I wouldn't even care. And I've said this before. I probably make the same point over and over again here on this one. So I won't belabor it. People's money are tied to these awards, contracts, supermaxes, things like that. Legacy things, Hall of Fame voting, you know what I mean? There are important things tied to these awards, but people's money, most importantly, is tied to these awards. And if people are going to put votes out there for things that are going to impact people's contracts, then we deserve to have people voting on these awards to understand the game as it is right now and have a grasp of the NBA and take the voting seriously. That's it. That if the player's money wasn't tied up in this, it would be I would have less of a leg to stand on here. But once player contracts were tied to the voting on these awards, then we have to be better about who votes and and how these people vote and making sure that everybody's taking the right things into account. That's all. I'm going to leave it there. I'm taking a lot of things into account when I reach for CBD because me now in my 40s but still trying to play basketball but also sitting around a lot, a lot of different stresses on my body, and I need support just like you need support to make it through the day. But our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that will help you relax, it will help you regroup, it will help you recharge, Whenever life gets chaotic, CBD Freeze with Menthol, it's an award-winning product 
offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. To make it easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, you will get 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com with the promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can even follow us on Spotify. A lot of players had the Jacob Blake situation on their minds when they spoke to the media. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, I know Fred Van Vliet, Norm Powell had very uh, strong statements to make. The Celtics were no different. Jalen Brown had a strong statement to make. Here is Jalen Brown's entire availability with some minor edits just to eliminate dead air. Uh, but this is the entirety of his his post-practice uh, Press conference. Before I get started, guys, um, I would like to continue to demand justice for Breonna Taylor. I also like to encourage guys to get out and vote, and I also like to thank the NBA and uh, the Celtics for allowing us to kneel and participate that protest for the national anthem every single night. There is an emphasis in this country on the framing of these instances, such as Jacob Blake. Um, well, he was a convicted felon. Well, he had a history of police brutality. Well, he possibly had a weapon. This framework is not unfamiliar to people of color and African-Americans, nor does it constitute death or being shot seven times. <clears throat> um, the reality is majority of African-Americans and people of color have a history with the police. You know, it comes with the plagues of systemic oppression lack of education, uh, economic opportunity, housing, et cetera. Most people of color, you know, most minority communities have a history with the police. The question is that I would like to ask is, do you, does America think that black people or people of color are uncivilized, savages, or naturally unjust? Are we, product, are we products of the environments that we participate in? 
Um, that's the question I would like to ask for to America. And America has proven this answer over and over and over again. Uh, are we not human beings? Is Jacob Blake not a human being? Uh, I, I, I don't care if he did something 10 years ago, 10 days ago, or 10 minutes ago. If he served his, his sentence and he was released back into society, he did not deserve to be, you know, he still deserves to be treated like a human and not deserve to be, you know, shot in the back seven times with the intent to kill. Um, his kids will never unsee that. His family will never unsee that. And frankly, I will never unsee it. People post my jersey all the time, number seven. And every time I look at my jersey now, what I see is, you know, a black man being shot seven times. But all America sees is his background or his background report. It's easier to see that than it is to see the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, question in person, uh, Chris Mannix. In the last 24 hours, uh, Bob has been emotional for a lot of guys, some guys openly wondering, you know, what are we doing here? Is it, is it really worth it? Have you had any similar thoughts in the last 24 hours or so? Uh, in a sense, you kind of feel very helpless. Here in the bubble, you feel like you want to do more. I feel like I should be out there protesting and what a lot of people are doing right now. Um, but I'm here uh, in a bubble playing basketball. And I do think the NBA has done a great job initially to kind of give us the platform to, to, to speak on certain things and things like that, but I do kind of feel like it is kind of lessened as the playoffs have gotten started. Things have kind of diminished. I'm curious to see in what creative ways that people put their minds together to, to continue to push these conversations and make, you know, me feel more comfortable about playing basketball in the middle of like a lot of the things that are going on. Um, I know I'm not uh, a politician or, or, you know, an elected official or whatever, but I still care about my community. I still care about what's going on outside in the world. And I have a family and I have cousins and I have people who have history with the police or have been convicted of felonies or et cetera. And I want them to be able to be treated fairly. You know, but most people want me to just shut up and dribble. Are there specific things that you would like to see done? As you mentioned, it's, it's diminished, whether it's the league, the media. The, like, are there things on the top of your head that you would like to see? I would like to see, you know, uh, I mentioned this before, but I guess I'll mention it now in the media, which I haven't done before. But I would like to see more, you know, from the, the NBA aspect, the teams to partner with, you know, align with more community groups and organizations that have dedicated their life in time to correcting um, these issues and reforming these issues. You know, a lot of people come to me and ask me questions. As a 23 year old, people are asking me, like, Jalen, what do we do? Like, I'm a 23 year old, <laughs> like I do my research, but you shouldn't be asking a 23 year old, like Jalen, what should we do? It's a lot of people that have dedicated their lives to this and spent a lot of time. And I feel like more NBA teams, more, should align with those groups and those community and maybe make them a part of their staff or, or permanently 
along with them. A lot of our players here in this league are African-American and come from minority communities and things like that. So to make us feel comfortable about playing basketball, you know, that's something that could be talked about. Question in person, Kyle Goon. Um, to what extent is it important to be able to talk to other players in the bubble and network and kind of get a sense for maybe once you get out, what you guys can do collectively and, and organize in that way? Uh, I'm not even sure how to really answer that question. Um, it's a lot of guys I've seen that have uh, put their money together and, and things like that um, during this time uh, towards education reform, towards police reform. It's been a lot of stuff that guys have dedicated, you know, a lot of time to uh, and things like that silently. And I, and I continue to support that. Does that feel like that's going to extend past past the bubble and, and you guys will kind of continue to, to be able to, to do these things once this is over? Yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. I think the world is going to be different. My hope is the world is going to be different post-corona, post uh, kind of like this enlightening that's going on. Like a lot of things are going to be different. A lot of things that were just, you know, moments um, are come, becoming lifestyles for a lot of people. So a lot of people are dedicating their life and it's becoming more, you know, into their daily routine. So I don't think it's just a bubble thing for us. I think this is something that we feel strongly about and the world should feel strongly about too. Question in person, Gary Washburn. Um, what do you say to young African-American kids, 13, 14, 15, who see that video and wonder if, when it's going to be them, if it's going to be them, wonder if they're going to live to 18? What do you, how do you try to uplift young, young people of color who that's their reality and they think the clock is ticking? To be honest, I'm not sure. Like, I'm watching that video and I'm traumatized. But like I said, like when I hold up, when I see piece of people posting my jersey now, social social media or whatever, like like all I see is that video, seven. So I can't even imagine, you know, the trauma from other kids that watched that video and his own kids that were sitting in the back seat. It's definitely hard to it's definitely hard to digest or to uh, to process how you feel about it, you know. Like everything on me was on fire yesterday, waking up to it. And to see people like changing like the framing of like what he did in the past in terms of, well, he was a convicted felon or well, he had a history of police, police you know, um, resisting arrest or he possibly had a weapon. Like that is not unfamiliar framework in this country. We've seen that time and time and time again. That is not constituted or justified the fact he's shooting somebody in the back seven times or killing them at all. And anybody who thinks differently is no friend of mine. Tim Bontemps. Jalen, uh, you've talked a lot about the, the work you've done protesting. Obviously, you went down to Atlanta and did that. You've been very active with all this stuff. Um, the Raptors had a team meeting this morning. He talked about the possibility of not playing. Fred Van Vliet talked about, you know, what are we willing to give up to try to, you know, make change. Is that anything you've thought about or you guys have thought about as a group amid everything that's going on? 
Man, it was hard enough even coming down here. To be honest, but I guess that's something that you can talk about with your team, uh, for sure. I haven't talked. We haven't talked about that as a, as the Celtics is our is our team, but those emotions are real. Like that is real. Yes, we're athletes. Yes, we. We, you know, are being paid to play a sport that we love, but we are human beings, members of our community of what we are fathers, uncles, nephews, brothers, et cetera. So you know, all those emotions are, are real and I don't really have a lot to say. I'm just happy by the grace of God that uh, Jacob Blake is still alive. Because the police who shot him, that wasn't their intention. They shot him to kill him. And that's a problem in this country. There's a million different ways you could have dissolved that situation. Your thought was to kill him. That was the best method. Interesting. Final question for Jalen John Corrales. Jalen, you look across a lot of these scrums when we do this in person. I'm sure you see a lot of white faces. Uh, across the media, there is a lack of representation of the black community. Do you think that that impairs your message at all? And if so, how? In what way? What, what, what way would it impair my message? For people who don't share your perspective, who don't understand, who come from a different place, because there's a, a lack of representation of black journalists in the media, that people who don't share your perspective, who may not understand your perspective, they're the ones who are disseminating your message. Possibly. Uh, that's actually a, a good, I haven't really thought about that a lot, but absolutely. You know, the storytellers are very, very important. You know, that's why, you know, a lot of guys get upset with the media because the narratives are being shifted in one way, shape or form. You know what I mean? And sometimes opinions of media members are, get presented as facts and those narratives get shifted. If I have a message that I want to give, I want to feel comfortable that you know that message is going to come out in the way I intended it to come out, not in the way that the media felt like they could sell a story. You know, because that's what was that's what they're doing to keep their job. I understand, you know, how the process goes and headlines and clickbait and all that. You know, but it makes guys less wanting to to share their perspective because their words are going to get tangled up or you know chopped and screwed and, and put out in a way that they didn't intend them to. Yeah, well, thank you very much. We'll wrap it up right there. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. The two most valuable things to you right now might be time and money. Those are valuable to everybody. So why waste your time and why waste your money at a chain auto parts store 
where they're not going to have your part or they're going to have to try to order something or they're going to try to figure something out for you that they are going to work on for their best interests, go to rockauto.com instead to get the part that you need because instead of spending 30 to 50 to 100% more for the exact same part, rockauto.com is going to have it at a good price without different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, without prices that fluctuate based on what the market will bear. That is the rockauto.com promise from a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from the complicated things for the advanced car mechanic type do-it-yourselfer. They've got that. For the simple things, for just your casual, everyday car owner, if you need New headlights, tail lamps, motor oil, windshield wipers, carpet. They've got that too. Don't go to one of those chain stores and just sit there while the person types stuff into a computer when you can type that same stuff into a computer yourself and save a bunch of money. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That's very important so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Now, all of this social justice stuff is not just talk. And as I said at the top of the show, there might be some of you who are sick of it. And as I said at the top of the show, no one's more sick of it than the people that it's happening to. Nobody wants to talk about this because nobody wants this to happen. However, it keeps happening. And now the NBA and these players find themselves in a unique position where they are stuck in this bubble and they are limited in what they will be able to do. They are limited in the scope of their ability to raise awareness, to start discussions, to take action. They are watching a video of a guy get shot in the back seven times, as Jalen referenced. And now here they are wondering, what the hell do we do? You want to continue playing basketball because that's your passion. You get paid a lot of money to do that. It's it's something that helps give you the platform to speak on these issues. So by not playing basketball, you take away some of that power from yourself. At the same time, basketball is trivial at this time. And I can absolutely see why some people... In the NBA, some of these players are saying, look, we screw- this is a distraction. We probably should have never come down here. That's absolutely true in many respects. But when the George Floyd thing happened and players were deciding to come to Orlando and participate in the bubble, at that point, the discussion had kind of died down a little bit. The The massive protests across the country weren't happening. 
Uh, they had slowed down minus a couple of hot spots, and players felt like a lot of players felt like they could continue to keep the message alive by playing basketball and continuing to to talk about it. Um, now here we are, where there is certainly a lot of justified frustration from guys saying like. You know, did we do the right thing? This happened again. Uh, and it's hard to say. It's hard to say. And, and and this is hard to talk about for everybody. And it's especially hard to talk about for somebody like me who's not uh, a young black man and who did not have to deal with this same level of uh, experience. Now, I came from where I came from in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which was not the best part of Rhode Island. And I came from a place where, um, you know, I grew up across the street from a crack house and, you know, the, it, it was not great, but even so with my experience, it's, it's not, um, I was able to live a fairly privileged life of being excluded from that next thing of being scrutinized for my color that that's a level of experience. So no matter what you've been through, it's hard to have a discussion like this with, without having these difficult moments of what are, what can we really do? What can we, what can really be done? How do we really address this? How does, what's the next step? How do, how do things change? How do we talk to people who don't understand the scope of this? How do you be a good ally? And there's going to be trial and error. There are going to be things that are said or done, maybe some well-intentioned screw-ups that you have to own. Maybe there are, are things that are, are done that people think this is going to be the way to go and it's not. It's hard to say what the real answer is, but I think what we're finding out here is that there's there's a level of ag- aggressiveness in the messaging that a lot of players feel like they need to take it to because these messages, like the, you're seeing on the backs of these jerseys, these love us messages, how many more, these types of messages, they're not resonating. Or not resonating enough. Now, I do believe that there is there is somewhat of a culture change that, that has happened. That after George Floyd, the protests really did resonate. And, and steps forward have been taken. The, the steps forward... The tough part about this is, really, honestly is that we need to take so many steps forward that even the little steps it doesn't it doesn't seem like much and the reality of what's going on with police and their interactions that we've seen is that police departments too often have either the wrong training, not enough training and the types of officers that are coming in are 
sometimes people with bad intentions and they are really exacerbating a problem that's gone on for a long time and this whole concept of there are good cops out there it really it really blurs that line and it's if anything to me one big aspect of this is it's time for those good cops to stand up and say something and do something cuz this thin blue line bullshit is just that's got to stop that this understanding has to be that no one wants to sit here and say all cops are bad no one wants to sit here and say it's it's us versus you like i really truly want to believe in that that dynamic of Within every organization, there are good people and bad people, and you have to weed out the bad people. But if the good cops aren't going to stand up, then how good are you? And look, I have part of my my upbringing. I'll admit was that I had family members in the police force that. Because we had the same last name, I got away with stuff. And when I say got away with stuff, like I got pulled over and I knew, yeah, I was probably speeding. Oh, did I, did I blow that stop sign? Not a problem. I would hand over my license. Oh, see ya. Goodbye. I never once, not once had an interaction with a police officer where I felt like I was in any sort of trouble. I had the complete opposite. When a cop pulled over, I got more confident. Tell my friends, watch this. You know? Not that I was out there doing, you know, a ton of illegal things, but like, you know, being a teenager, being a, you know, you you do teenager things. Hand over my license. Oh, get out of here. Stop screwing around. Get that kind of message and that's it. You know? I, I never had that interaction. So... But I I know I've known I've known dozens of cops over the course of my time, and my interactions have always been good. And I do believe that there are well-intentioned good cops out there. But I got to tell you, until you guys stand up and do something and say something and and make it public somehow, make it a grand gesture like. We need we need everybody on board with this. Sorry, I didn't I didn't want to come into this like preaching or or too much. These guys are talking about protests in the NBA and games might go away. And I will I will sit here and support anything that these guys want to do. They have if they if these guys are pissed off to a point where they want to protest and show the level of their anger then they should that's what they should do if they decide as a league as players if the raptors and celtics decide on thursday we're not playing this game out of protest then we should support them 
because they've got a message that they're trying to get out there. Brad Stevens had, like, I think one of the better examples of how this should be handled from people. Like, Brad Stevens, a white guy from the Midwest. Like, he believes in Heartland America, and, like, he's from, you know, the you know, flyover state. Like, he's from a very white place, and he sits there and says, Look, I can't pretend to know what these guys are going through, but I've heard it so much that there's obviously a problem. So let's talk about it. Like that's, that is the absolute basis of what all of this is about. That if you sit here, if you're listening to this and you're, you're maybe fuming or whatever, you're saying it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Or people, you know, say it's not a problem. They've been trying to tell us that it's been a problem. This isn't the first time we've been told, hey, police and black people, it's not a great mix. I found something today. There was an episode of Sanford at Sun in like 1973 where uh, Fred Sanford was being told, you know, hypertension is what kills, you know, kills black people the most. And he said, oh, I thought it was the police. It was a joke in a sitcom in 1973. Like, laughing at a serious situation. You know, like, <laughs> these these references in pop culture go back into the 30s and 40s, beyond. It's no secret that this has been going on. Black people have been trying to tell us that this, is prob- this has been a problem in any way they can. Put it in a TV show. What if we put it in a, in a song? What if we put it in the movies? What if we put it in a textbook? Like, this has been a problem. So instead of saying, no, it's not because you didn't experience it. Instead of me saying, no, it's not because I was lucky. You sit there and say, you know what? Okay. If everybody's saying it this much. Maybe there's a problem. Maybe there's an issue here. Let's listen to what they have to say. Let's listen to what people who aren't like us have to say. If the black community as a whole, and I know it's not a big monolith, but at times like this, there's a unity. The black community is telling us over and over again, this is a problem. People like Jalen Brown, people like Donovan Mitchell, people like Norm Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Marcus Smart are telling us over and over again, this is a problem. Doc Rivers, I retweeted what Doc Rivers said. Going through life, being reminded on a regular basis, hey, by the way, the color of your skin means you get treated differently. That's insanity. That is insanity that this is a thing still now. I mean, it's insane to me that it ever was. But it has been. And it is. So, we'll see how it affects the league. Whatever the players want to do, they should do. I I want them to have the maximum impact. The maximum power. So when is 
when is it when should they protest thursday does that work what's the maximum power nba finals both cancel the season i don't know there are going to be a lot of discussions in the nba how to handle this and these guys are going to come to a decision that they think works best and whatever it is i hope people support it but most of all and the reason why i i I ramble on like this and I hope you're still listening. Hope enough people are still listening. The reason I talk about it all the time or as much as I do is because it's complete bullshit that this is the case. It's just insanity that this is still the case. And it's obviously still the case. Uh, I don't understand it, but this is human nature. They, people want to treat people who are different differently. And so that's not who I am. That's not what I believe in. And if I can take one person who might have started listening to the show believing something else and maybe maybe be open to changing and saying, okay, fine, I'll listen. Like you don't even have to like whatever. You don't have to – I'm not trying to get some freaking spiritual enlightenment. Just if any one of you come out of this and say, you know what, fine, I'll listen then that's that's it. I love basketball because it is the ultimate meritocracy. I've said it before. I love basketball because when I go out there on the court, I want four of the best people that are going to help me win these games. If I go to play a pickup game, I want the four people going to help me win. And the beauty of basketball is it doesn't matter what color you are, what gender you are, what your sexual orientation or identity is. None of that matters. Can you dribble? Can you pass? Can you put the ball in the hole? That's all I care about. And those lessons, basketball has taught me those lessons about life. And that's who I want on my team in general, in life. That's who I want around me in life. I just want good people around me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are, what religion you are. If you are religious or you're not, I don't care what, none of it. I just care about good people that help make things better. That's the simple thing. And to me, that's basketball. That's basketball. If you love the game of basketball and you don't feel like that about life, I don't understand I don't understand because the concepts are the same. I've spoken for a long time about this. I can't help myself, um, but I make no apologies. I know sometimes I do this and I lose listeners. Then I'm sorry that I don't care. If I lose a listener because of this, so be it. You know what? I've been told I lost listeners because of this. And last week was the biggest list, big, biggest audience that we've had in the show. So goodbye. I don't need you. If you think that this was something personal, if you took what I just said, all of this stuff personally, you want to unsubscribe, bye. I only want good people around me. I only want good people listening to the podcast. So thanks to those of you who do. 
Thanks of those of you who take this message, share this message, enhance this message. I want to know more. If I can say more, do more. If I said something wrong, the wrong way. This, I want it all. So thanks to all of you who continue to follow, continue to take these these side streets with me down important paths because we need to listen to these guys when they're talking. And these guys are going to be talking a lot in the bubble. They're going to be talking a lot. We need to listen to what they're saying. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.